good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, he need cut a dude. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanjahade. Oh, Wakanjahade, which means in Ho-Chunk, uh, the sacred voice, uh, uh, distant thunder that's my native name and my coloni- colonized name is robert pilot and we discuss local and national native news and events and as you know native issues are human issues and human issues are native issues and i just want to say this portion is brought to you by mincher uh, mincher can help you find a plan that covers your prescriptions and saves you money visit mnsure.org to get started it's a monday here we've had a few days off we've had uh the um, traumatic uh, Thanksgiving week, and uh, now we're going into another holiday season. Uh, just to let everyone know, remind everyone that we have uh, the Native Roots Trading Post in downtown uh, Minneapolis at the Dayton's Project. I just want to give a shout out to my Weeha, which means my second daughter in Ho Chunk. Uh, Jelaine's running the store down there and doing a great job. Just go down there. We have all these artists, things that we're selling, and, uh, you know, it's just a good thing. And we'll be there till the 15th, so the 15th of January. So we're really excited about that. And then what uh, we talk about local and national news and events, and why don't we get going here right away with Ogama with the news. Take it away. Buju, Anin relatives, this is Ogama Ganuakwe. I'm a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota, and I have some news for you here on Native Roots Radio. The thing that I want to talk about today is something that I have not gotten to talk about yet on Native Fruits Radio. Uh, if you don't know, uh, COP27 negotiations just wrapped up last week. If you don't know what COP27 is, that's the common uh, referred name of the United Nations Climate Change Conference or Conference of the Parties of the UNFCCC. And uh, it was held in Egypt this year, and it's been held annually since the first UN climate agreement in 1992. It's used by governments, uh, worldwide governments, to agree on policies to help limit global temperature rises and adapt to impacts associated with climate change. And uh, this year's conference has led to the first loss and damage fund being created. And uh, this is because countries are, um, well, new countries now are agreeing to develop funding arrangements, um, which includes a dedicated fund to help vulnerable countries cope with the adverse impacts impacts of climate change and of course reaffirming the need to stay below 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming. Um, so that is good news that this has been arranged. Um, new funding arrangements means that the nations that are able to are providing funding to help countries that are going to be impacted first and worst, which are often the countries that are not um, creating or contributing the most to climate change. So that is a big deal. That is something that a lot of people are um, talking about. It's really historic to have this funding arrangement for this loss and damage associated with climate change. And this recognizes that countries that are least responsible for the crisis are most heavily impacted. And um, this is just something that I think the world was ready to talk about now. And I don't know um, that it's taken as long as it shouldn't have taken as long as it has, but um, it's good to see that that has happening. Um, On the other hand, though, negotiators at COP27 could not agree on language to phase down oil and gas use globally. Um, Scientists uh, are mostly in agreement throughout the world that is essential to keep climate change within manageable limits. And uh, the language that would have been built on the agreement at COP27 to accelerate the phase down of coal use globally um, would have been done at COP26, but um, it just it did not get agreed on uh, this year, which is um, disappointing. 
However, um, here in the United States, uh, over here on Turtle Island, uh, the U.S. has made some notable commitments and announcements at COP27. Um, President Biden even spoke. And I want to give a shout out right quick to the Sierra Club, uh, Cindy Carr, for putting out this great uh, review and uh, kind of wrapping it all together for us. But uh, the U.S. EPA announced that there is going to be a long-awaited supplemental methane rule. And that aims to establish strong common sense protections against methane and other harmful pollution from the oil and gas industry. The Biden administration also announced that there will be a new federal contractor emissions rule requiring major federal contractors to disclose their greenhouse gas emissions publicly, as well as set targets for their reduction that are in line with the 2015 Paris Agreement. Um, according during a speech at COP27, President Biden also committed to doubling the U.S. pledge to the adapt, um, excuse me, adaptation fund, which now launched, which is launching a new initiatives to support Egypt in deploying uh, 10 gigawatts of clean energy and retiring five gigawatts of methane gas generation, as well as launching a climate gender equity fund and an indigenous peoples finance access facility. And the United States also announced with Japan and others a $20 billion package of public and private funding to help Indonesia retire coal plants and peak their emissions by the end of the decade. So this is uh, good news. Um, and this is also things that, you know, need to be continued to um be negotiated and uh, to find some agreements and common grounds uh, within the countries. Uh, last year's COP26 was held in Ireland, and I do believe uh, next year's uh, COP summit is to be held in Dubai uh, in 2023. So, that's really what I wanted to touch base on today and to kind of give everybody a quick overview on. Uh, Sierra Club has some really great coverage on this. I think IEN, the Indigenous Environmental Network, has also done some great coverage on this as well. And, um, you know, to everybody who's listening, I hope that you keep plugging away at uh, the United States government and uh, other countries, if you're listening to us from Canada. Um, basically, what happens right now is that the entire world hasn't really done enough for climate adaptation is what it's being called, but to adjust to the climate changes that human beings are creating through global climate change. Um, but the United States and other wealthy nations, we we have the resources here to adapt and to deal with these changes, while many of those poorer countries do not. And it really is the responsibility of the United States to help other countries adapt to those impacts and also to help um, manage our own losses and damages from climate change that are, of course, becoming more frequent. Um, there's irreparable harm from climate change that is often referred to simply as loss and damage in international climate spaces. But that is loss of life, that is cultural sites, that is property, that is agriculture and food, and it's entire communities that have been lost because of flooding and drought and rising sea levels and extreme weather here in the United States and other places in the world. And here in the United States, there's very few reasons um, with the amount of money that this country has that we have not transferred over to uh, more renewable energies and um, that we're continuing to be one of the countries that is most responsible for fueling the climate crisis. Um, so continue to reach out to your uh, representatives, your senators, your representatives, your um, your president, and make sure that they know how important this issue is to you. Uh, water is life, everybody, and uh, water is going to be becoming more and more scarce as uh, time goes on. Pollutants are going to be more of an issue, and uh, this is something that if you're not taking the time to write a letter on, to educate yourself on, uh, it's really going to have impacts uh, for the world. So if you want to help save the world, help get involved with something for climate change. Back to you, Robert. Hey, thanks, Ogama. That was great uh, news as always, news you don't hear anywhere else. Today we have uh, Dr. State Leon later on, and also we're going to talk to our intern, uh, 
Iana here in a in a short minute here, and we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving and what uh, a traditional Native family does. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake again, Dr. Stately, and again, Pini Gigi Ogama for the great news segment as always. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's MNSure.org. MNSure.org. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by. Stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence and shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I had to hit the unmute button here. Hey, uh, this portion's also brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Boy, uh, boy, I'm out of practice right now. But hey, I got our our groovy intern on with us. We're going to talk a little bit before Dr. Stately gets on. Uh, Come on in, uh, Ayana. uh, Introduce yourself, please. Hello, my name is Ayana Denemi, and I come at you from St. Paul. Hey, I'm in St. Paul too. What a coincidence! Hey, oh, tell me a little bit about what. Uh, uh, here, a little background noise there. Oh, okay. I apologize. Uh, sounds like uh, uh, you have the radio on or something. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about what uh, what your uh, family did for Thanksgiving. Um. So our family, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Taking, um, we don't celebrate the acts of genocide of what colonizers did to our people, but we do celebrate our family and what we're thankful for as people. So we made a meal, and we invited our family over. My um, my brother from out of state, my brother from another mother, came and ate with us, um, and we made a spirit plate, put it out, sang a song, and just spend our time with family that's uh that's a good thing and it is, you are uh uh thankful for uh what you're doing you know uh, you're thankful for your family i know i'm thankful for my family and so that just brings me back i know uh 
that it's important for us, but it's always important that we're we're thankful for. So it's not just this this uh, colonized day that really if we talk about the true history uh, was about murder and uh, death of our our native relatives out east when uh, the first uh, Thanksgiving was. Uh, a pretty peaceful thing, and then they murdered uh, many, many, many uh, women and children on the next year. Yeah, it's like it's a really sad, sad history of what that day means to the people, and I think it's really important to keep reiterating that to people who don't understand, to people who um, never learned that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's a a national day of mourning. You know, since uh, 1970, the Native Americans have gathered at noon on Coles Hill in Plymouth, you know, Plymouth Rock, to to commemorate the national day of mourning on the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. Many Native Americans do not celebrate the arrival of the pilgrims and other European settlers. To them, Thanksgiving Day is a reminder of the genocide of millions and millions and millions of their people. The left uh, of their hand, left uh, the theft of their lands, excuse me, the theft of their lands, and the relentless assault on our culture. Participants in the National Day of Mourning honor Native ancestors and the struggles of Native people to survive today. It is a day of remembrance and spiritual connection as well as a protest of racism and oppression which Native Americans continue experience. Uh, the day, National Day of Mourning, and I can really uh, dig that. What about you? Yeah, it's definitely a day of mourning, a day of remembering where we come from, our ancestors, our people, um, the people that couldn't... that aren't here today that made it so we could be here exactly you're 16 years old and and uh you know you're a great example of Hmm. still being here do you know what i mean you are a great example of uh of us still being here we're not dinosaurs we're not relics we're people that are in the community Right. People that are still here, people that still are alive and well and practicing their beliefs, our culture. Um, It's good to have that reminder because I know we aren't shown a lot in the media. We aren't people who, um, even though this is our land, this is our people's land, we aren't like front and center. And it's, it's a good, it's good to see our youth out there because it's just a remembrance of how we got here and how we're still strong, and we've exactly. never been assimilated. Yeah, exactly. And then you have a lot of friends uh, that feel the same way, that are doing the same good deeds, that are, are still, uh, it looks it looks strong for us Native people. I know I'm 62 years old, and, you know, we were all assimilated. You know, we, uh, and I feel like you young ones are really leading the way, and I know you're 16, but I also have to throw out the fact that uh, Gen Z saved us in this last election. Um, so I want to give you a shout out for Gen Z and the young ones that are really stepping it up, um, outvoting the baby boomers. And that's what I am as a, as a boomer. So uh, congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. I know um, even though you're a boomer, um, <laughs> you're a very open-minded one. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I used to have students go, okay, you know, when I'd say something to them, they'd say, okay, boomer. And so I got their picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what the, you what do you do during the week? I know you work on the show, but you also, you do language and dance. Tell, tell our audience a little bit about that. Yeah, okay. So um, throughout the week and weekend, me and my family travel to different communities for powwows, round dances, or um, community ceremonies, or social dances. Um, during the week, when I'm not on live, um, doing the banners, okay. I am going to um, German dance practice at the Minnesota Indians Research Center. They used to have it at the... Um, 
um, the Indian Center. The Indian Center, yes. They used to have it at the Indian Center, Indian Center, but um, they started a renovation that won't be done for a few years, so they moved it. Um, so the um, Minnesota Indian Research Center was like gracious enough to let us host uh, drum and dance practice, so we're there. Let me uh, ask you a question because we have a lot of uh, white uh, people that listen to our show that are really big supporters. And can you give them a rundown? And I know we've done this in the past, but can you help our our our, our relatives, our white relatives that are allies that want to come to a powwow? What the kind of the proper etiquette is here in the next uh, two minutes? Because I think it's important that they're welcomed, but there's there's certain things that they can and can't do. Can you uh, elaborate on that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, I think one of the biggest things when you're coming to a powwow is that you're welcome there. Everyone's welcome there. Anyone of walks of life are welcome there, but there is no tolerance for drugs or alcohol. Um, it's As much as it has been commercialized and powwows have been um, becoming more of a... a um, has become more of a thing of social. There's yeah. still that ceremonial ceremonial aspect and that aspect of healing there. So do not bring drugs, alcohol, violence, or lateral violence. Right. That's a good, uh, good point. Do you know where does the powwow originate from? Do you know that? Um... I have been taught some things. Some people believe different origins, but I have been taught that it has started from a man named Buffalo Bill. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, did you hear about that, Robert? <laughs> no, I haven't. I thought, that, I thought they were uh, to celebrate our veterans. Yeah, I've heard that as well. But the way I was taught is that... Um, when um, we weren't allowed to practice our ceremonies, there was a man who, um, there's a man named Buffalo Bill who seen that, like, what future people were interested in this stuff and that, that he could profit from, like, marketing us our, um, our ceremonial dances in this more, like, um, commercialized way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, they really had those shows all over the country in Europe. Uh, Buffalo Bill would bring in, reenact, uh, reenact battles and all this crazy stuff. Uh, it's kind of weird to think of now in uh, in in uh, this year, but uh, it's definitely something that happened back in the day. So, hey, we're gonna uh, jump off here real soon here. And um, do you have any last words? I just, I think I'll call you Ayana, our, our intern. Give us a, a last a couple thoughts and minutes uh, on this last minute here. Give us uh, some thoughts, some good thoughts. Well, I'd like to um, continue on how I said it was commercialized. Even though powers are com more commercialized, that doesn't mean that there's not a ceremonial aspect, a healing aspect, because those are traditional dances. Was there dances that mean something to our people from different walks of life, from different tribes? And even though that powers have become more of a more of a commercial. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that these don't have meanings and that they shouldn't be respected. Well, I agree 100%. Thanks, Ayana. Uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Up next, Dr. Stately. And I know. Uh, the drum is very sacred, and it's there at every powwow, and we can feel the heartbeat of Mother Earth. So, hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and again, up next, Dr. Stately. As we head towards colder weather, it's important to make sure you're up to date on vaccinations and protected from COVID-19. The Native American Community Clinic is now administering the updated Pfizer Bivalent Booster. The updated Bivalent Booster helps protect against the original COVID-19 strain and against newer Omicron variants. And it will help restore protection that has decreased since previous vaccinations. People age 5 and older are now recommended to get an updated bivalent booster dose at least two months after their last COVID-19 shot. That means the bivalent booster may be given after a person's primary series or after their last booster shot, regardless of what brand you received before. Even if you've already had COVID-19, you should get vaccinated. 
Right now, at the Native American Community Clinic, you can get COVID-19 vaccines, including updated boosters, at the same visit as other vaccines. However, if you've received a recent monkeypox vaccine, you may need to wait four weeks before you can get a COVID-19 vaccine, and you should discuss this with your provider. Schedule your vaccination appointment with the Native American Community Clinic by calling 612-872-8086. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's MNSure.org. MNSure.org. Hey, Minnesota, it's Brad Friedman, host of the Bradcast. We'll expose and make sense of all of our current political nightmares and more every weeknight at 7 on AM 950. Seward Co-op is now offering convenient, self-serve, and prepackaged hot options and salad bars at both the Franklin and Friendship stores. Breakfast items available daily until 11 a.m. and brunch served all day every Sunday. Their weekly lunch and dinner menus highlight cuisines from around the world. They offer vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free options daily. 95% of the ingredients used are organic from small-scale, local community food producers whenever possible. More at Seward.coop. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. November is upon us, and it's time to give thanks. One thing I'm thankful for this season is for the professionals at Zero Res who cleaned my home. Their cleaning process is platinum rated by the Carpet and Rug Institute for superior extraction and fast dry time. Their patented process, which includes ZR Clean, does not contain any harsh soaps, shampoos, or detergents, and it's safe for pets and kids. And their legendary 30-day gotta-love-it guarantee means they are not happy unless you are. They will come back, no questions asked, if you are not happy with any part of your service. No hassles and no worries. Call Zero Res right now, 9520-RES, or go online at ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the AM950 special. Three rooms of carpet clean starting at $139 with a free room of fiber protectant and $50 off air ducts. Call Zero Res today at 9520-RES or go to ZeroResMinnesota.com. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Snow begins late tonight with a low of 27, then widespread snow through Tuesday with a high of 30. It's no secret that Black Friday is the best time to buy an appliance. And this year, Warner Cellian has an exclusive $50 coupon, plus our extra 5% back. And when you buy more, you can earn up to another $800 Black Friday bonus. Visit warnercellian.com to claim your coupon today. This is Winona LaDuke of Honor the Earth, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. And also the Minnesota Indian Women's uh, Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, I'm here, and it's Monday, and we're here with Dr. Stately, and we're really always glad to see you, Dr. Stately. And uh, our, my dog's barking uh, in the background here, too, really liking to see you. Um, Hey, uh, I just asked Ayana what you uh, what she did and her family did for uh, the break, and what what do you traditionally do during our uh, Thanksgiving uh, uh, celebration uh, weekend? Um, <clears throat> well, over the last twelve or thirteen years or so, we've gone back to South Dakota every every Thanksgiving to <clears throat> spend time with my children's family from South Dakota. Um, I think I mentioned this last, last yeah. time, but my children, we adopted my children from my partner's cousin, or their other father's cousin, first cousin, and she died on Thanksgiving Day, um, the year they were born. So we typically go back every year um, 
kind of in honor and respect of her memory. Um, but it's gotten increasingly hard over the last couple of years since my sons have started um, travel hockey. They have um, almost every Thanksgiving, they have hockey tournaments, like, you know, and they're called some, they're called really silly things like the great gobbler or, you know, whatever. Minnesota is known for, yeah, Minnesota is known for its ridiculous cop um, hockey tournament names. Um, right. But anyway, um, it's just gotten more and more challenging. So this year, um, I decided not to go. Um, we went, Oh, I think Dr. Stately froze. Uh, you know, okay. um, you know, um, and all in 24 hours. It's just too hard. I'm getting, I'm getting too old. I know yeah. you know nothing about that, Robert. But. Yeah. Well, uh, I had to not do a walk today, Dr. Stately, because my lower back's bothering me and I walk every day. So I, I'm going to um, give it a rest really weird because i've never really had back problems but that's another st i think that's uh, another show right <laughs> but, uh, well it could be like do you have like do, do you notice like changes in your um like those kinds of things when it gets colder when the seasons change some people's bones creak a little bit more in the winter time than they do during the summertime well yeah. i, I I believe I'm uh, like uh, sitting on the couch too long because Wendy and I have been watching The Handmaid's Tale and finishing that up, and now The Crown's on. And uh, so, I mean, I'm yeah. sitting three hours. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Like, you know, um, binge watching Netflix or Hulu, which I did actually over the break. I caught up in a couple of things. I need to finish up, um, I forget which ones I did, but. <clears throat> I'm kind of um, obsessed with, I I do this thing, and I did it with Reservation Dogs, too, which I actually have to go back and do season two, so I can oh. like, watch the whole entire thing from start to finish, which is how I like to do it. <clears throat> um, so I have to, like, I have to, like, admonish people, like yourself, or people at work, like, don't tell me what happened, or don't want yeah. to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. and it's just the way I like to watch it. Cause I, I, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I think that, um, you know, it's like one of the things that I think the pandemic did to, which sort of kind of wrecked my TV watching and viewing pleasure, which is like, you know, during 2019 and 2020, I could sit for days on end for hours on end and watch, you know, nine episodes of a season in a couple of days and and be completely satisfied <laughs> you know so now i am now i'm kind of stuck in that situation so i don't even start if i can't watch the whole entire thing wow that's don't. crazy so uh yeah you waited till reservation dogs finished did you did you get through the second season i haven't i'm gonna wait till i go <clears throat> i also have this other thing where like which is ironic because I do have like a stack of books on my end table that had like they have about six or seven books. So like if I get tired of reading it, I'll put it aside. Barack Obama's uh, memoir is a good example of that. It's like, uh -huh. you know, it's so big and heavy that if it fell on you, it might, you know, break a <laughs> limb or kill you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and the man is loquacious, but you know, I do love his writing. I just can't go through the entire thing in one stop. So I have a bunch of different things I read. I'm different with TV in that way. Like if I get into a if I get into a a television series, I want to watch it from the start to the end. Kind of a little bit like a movie kind of, I guess. Yeah, I I tend to and this is really weird native talk here, but I tend to uh forget things if I binge. So I like to go slow and savor and then maybe go back to a couple uh episodes that I and I'm talking specifically about uh Reservation Dogs go to a couple episodes that I thought were really either touching or really funny, which they seem to be both. Um, I really liked the one where um, her relatives were following her. That was, and I, you haven't been able to see it, so I'm not going to get deep into it. But that one, that one brought tears yeah, to my eyes. I was just about to mute you. 
Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, Wendy, Wendy always uh, tells me uh, when we go on to a, a commercial break, is and especially when uh, you and I are on, is to ask Dr. Stately what he would like to talk about. And I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. We're feeling good here in Minnesota about our politics. Um, I was at Peggy Flanagan's mom's yeah. uh, funeral, which is really sad, or lieutenant governor. Um, and yeah. the season's strange because when there is uh, passings, you always remember it during these kind of uh, seasonal things. So I, I don't know. What would you like to talk about? Well, I mean, you know, we're entering the winter season. Like, here we go. We're like, you know, the nights are the days are getting shorter. The nights are getting longer. I always have this sort of like um, this nostalgia around this time of year. There's like a lot of things that kind of come up. And actually, now that I work, like you know, by the time I get home, it's getting dark or dusky. And almost like this tonight, I got home and it was dark. So I'll take the dogs out for a walk, and I'll try to get a a, um, a mile or two walking with them while I'm. And then when I'm watching them, I'm looking at the stars, and I notice one more stars now. Um, it's um, that time of year when, like, historically, when I was a young kid, and we didn't have, you know, like, Netflix and all these kinds of things that you could sort of get used to distract yourself with, you pay more attention to sort of what's going on around you in the, um, in the, in the, in the, the world around you because we didn't like we you know kind of dating myself and yourself here too um like you know we we didn't really live in a globalized world back in the 70s or early 80s when we were young young people and so we didn't have all those things to distract ourselves you know um you know you might hear about the war in ukraine um periodically but it wasn't something you were hearing every 15 minutes on the radio um you wouldn't hear about all these other things right so right what i like what i like about this season is that it's kind of it kind of makes me feel really nostalgic about like long nights sitting at um the kitchen table with my mom and my siblings doing um you know jigsaw puzzles or beating or, you know, playing cribbage and these kinds of things and having just conversation, right? I miss those elements of my young, my youth that I just, that are not very present. But then I'll start to think about the stories that my mom shared with me. Um, there's this one story specifically. So her grandmother um, was um, in love with this, um, this with my great-grandfather, Paula Rock, and there was this man that came to her village and was pursuing her and trying to encourage her to, um, you know, to ditch my grandfather and marry him. (laughs) And he showed up one day to his, her cabin and he, um, he professed his true love to her. And she said, you know, like a, you know, like a, you know, a really bossy Ojibwe woman would, um, if you love me so much, put your hand on the block. She was chopping wood, right? <laughs> so he put his hand on the block, and she <laughs> she goes to swing the axe. And she's thinking, is what my mom said, she's thinking, oh, he's going to move his hand away. And he didn't. Then she chopped his finger off. What? <laughs> and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the things you'll do for love, lose your finger. Um, But what's really funny is that, um, you know, he, the story in my family is is that he cursed my great grandmother and said like every, you know, forever, you know, cursed her basically. And she had 13 or 14 children, 12 of whom survived um, into adulthood. But several of her children, like five or six of them were born with an extra finger or an extra toe. Um, and the, and these are things that sort of have like happened in multiple generations in my family. So I was re- I was telling my sister this story, reminding her of this story, and I said, "Geez, um, I guess the curse ended with me because like instead of having an extra digit, I actually lost one." Oh, wow! So I I paid the guy back for yeah. the lost finger. That's a that was a good story. <laughs> that was a really good story. 
<laughs> we're going to have more <laughs> stories in the next break here. So we but got, it's a like, great time of year to do those things with your family is sit around instead of like watching Netflix, tell stories about your, about your history and who you are and where you come from. Yeah, that is awesome. And I'm glad you shared that with me because that's uh that's a, uh, it's a good chuckle, but it, the irony and the truth of it, uh, <laughs> makes it, you know, come through as like, yeah, I believe you that that did happen. Cause you know, that's the way we are. That's the way we hang. But uh, Hey, we're with Dr. Stately and we're going to hear some more stories from Dr. Stately here in the yeah. next segment. You're listening. Yeah. Don't share that story with Wendy. She might get some ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we don't have any blocks or axes that I know of. Hey, you're, you're listening to Native Roots Radio present I'm Awake, and we're here with Dr. Stately telling us some stories. Ho! We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit MN350.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. Hey, Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show? How about we go to Jay Selby's on 169 Victoria Street in St. Paul. They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable. I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty secret. You can pick up and they deliver within a five-mile radius, or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jayselby's.com. Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at Jay Selby's tonight. I'm hungry. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. I am Oshawashko Gizig. I'm from Red Lake Nation, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. Hey, this portion of Native Roots Radio is brought to you by Hauling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? Oh, I and I got in there too. Right on, right on. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, and uh, it's story time here. It is dark, and I was going to ask you a little bit before you get into your next story. Uh, this is almost a season two where we get a lot of people with uh, depression because of the short days and how early it's dark. Uh, that's starting to to crop up in your clinic. Yeah, I mean, I even have family members who are um, who struggle with. Um, you know, depression or, you know, seasonal. depressive anxiety, seasonal affective disorder, like the less light. There's all kinds of like science now that suggests like less access to light. Um, you don't get as much vitamin D. I think that's true of just people who live in like the Midwest, you know, like, you know, we're surrounded by trees and, you know, we don't get a lot of sun, certainly not as much as California does our florida so we have a little bit more you know um, the seasons affect us more um but i think the other thing that's really challenging particularly around this time of year is like um with um the holidays is the amount of like um you know cumulative loss and 
and contemporaneous loss that people have had in their lives, right? The 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 you know the loss of relatives and loved ones um, either recently within the last couple of years because of the pandemic or um, or even like over the years, right? <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier, that I get kind of melancholic on my walks because I have a lot of time to think. You know, yeah. I'm walking the dog. I'm looking. Last night or a couple nights ago, when I was walking the dogs at dusk time, it was um, I looked up and it was a really beautiful sunset, and then I noticed that the crescent moon was there, and it made me think about my older sister Rebecca, who you know was a great um, athlete. She worked at Mister Arts, which was a bar on Franklin Avenue back before the, all the bars disappeared, but she was also like one of the best billiards player. She was known um, not just across Minnesota, but across the United States as being an amazing, um, wow. you know, pool player. Um, so it started making me think about her in the last conversation I had with her, which was around this time in two thousand and nine, the year I moved back from Seattle when my children were two, and she called me sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, when I had started a new job, I was really, really busy, kind of thought like, well, I'd have more time. I, I saw her on Thanksgiving Day, I went to see her, she was in treatment. And then I didn't, I got really busy and allowed myself to get distracted by a bunch of other things. And I didn't see her again after that. Um, and she ended up dying in April of 2010, that you know, a few months after that holiday. And um you know, she relapsed and she drank herself to death. Mm. And I was thinking about her on that walk the other night and I was, cause her, she was named after that crescent moon and I was starting to talk with her as I was walking my dog, having a conversation with her, telling her about the funny things I remembered, um, the stories she told me, the things that we had done together, their experiences, some of our trials and tribulations. And, um, I acknowledged to her in that walk the last conversation I had with her, which is she called me like just before Christmas and asked me how I was. And I said, I'm fine. And she said, no, you're not. And I said, well, how do you know? And she goes, because I can hear it in your voice. And so I, I, I looked, I remembered back at what was going on in my life at that moment in time. It was a highly stressful time just moved cross country, had small children, wasn't moved into my own place yet, staying with relatives. Um, I was stressed about a lot of things. I was still paying on a house in Seattle and trying to find a house here mm. and, you know, and trying to hold my life together, right? right? And she could tell by the sound of my voice and our, the tone of our conversation that I wasn't in a good place. Mm. And it was just a kind of an, a nice thing, like, to have an older sibling or a relative point out to you, like, I know you and I know you're not right. And to, and to, and to say that and to, and to acknowledge that and voice it, how I wasn't able to see it then, like how important that was an opportunity for me to take pause and like see myself through another person's lens, right? Somebody who knew me well, knew me since birth, right? I think those are important things we can do for each other during this period of time. And, and you know, when things get quiet and things slow down and we have a lot more time to be sort of in our thoughts and in our experiences because we're not rushing off with summer and spring activities and things. Um, during this time of year, historically, or just traditionally, we would like we would go into our lodges and we'd talk about the things that had gone on over the course of the year. Um, Dakota people would do the, um, you know, they would do their winter counts where they draw the major events of their life over the last year and document those things. Um, and these are the times when we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to collect our thoughts and our experiences and reflect on them share those with our loved ones, talk about them, um, and and keep those memories because those memories are, are going to be what sustain us through our lifetime. Yeah. Um, and so I have a lot of people that I lost around this time in my life that I, um, they come back to me in this moment in time and visit me in dreams and in conversations and things in the elements, you know, 
the other day um a red cardinal like landed on the on my fence here uh-huh. she always told me she'd come back as a red cardinal and talk to me so <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like those are like the things i think that are important for us to pay attention to they sort of help us connect to this longer deeper history of who we are and they connect us to the people who've passed and make us maybe feel less lonely yeah well i i uh, uh walked down in the river uh, a few blocks from my house every day and uh didn't today but uh nine times out of ten i see an eagle down there and in our mm-hmm. way ho-chunk way that's our relatives looking over us and it was really important for me and uh have my children get their native name because when we do pass on that's how we're going to be called and so yeah they're not going to say hey bobby p what's up we're over here they're going to say Wakunjahada, you know? <laughs> yeah yeah good that was one of the reasons why I I took my children back to Sundance this summer and I wanted them to get their names and I had given tobacco last year to um, uh, one of my relatives that ran the Sundance to give them names because I wanted to like my one of my biggest fears when I got sick with COVID and I was in the hospital was that I wouldn't see them again yeah. and this moment and when I was laying in the hospital I was like I don't know their names and I need to be like, if I'm on the other side, I need to know who they are and I need to be right. able to call their name. And you know, like, you know, so those things, it's, it's like, I guess now is a really good time for you to begin. Like, you know how you like start to like write down the things that you want to do, you, you know, the commitments you're going to make people call them. What are they called? They call them, um, your new year's resolutions i call them commitments right yeah. commitments to yourself to do something to do one thing or a handful of things that are going to sort of like set you on a course for change for the new year and this is a good time to do that make a list of those things that you really want to get accomplished over the next year because it'll make you feel easier it make you feel comfortable and make you feel like you're prepared um, because life is unpredictable there's all kinds of things that are unpredictable about life you know, and I've always been taught, at least in my recovery of alcohol and drugs, that uh, to look back uh, how far I've come as opposed to how far I have to go. And and that's been, you know, my kind of my theme, Dr. Stately, is that, you know, I'm 62. Do I have 10 more of these winters? Do I have five more of these winters? Do I have 20 more um, to make hay and to, be, and to be a good person yeah. as, as much as I yeah. can? For sure. And we don't know. So enjoy the winter you have. Exactly. And love the one you're with. Oh, that's a different song. But hey, thank you so much for the story. It really meant a lot. Um, And always thank you, Pinigigi, for stopping in and and, and speaking in a good way. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be on tomorrow. We'll be right back. Well, we won't be right back, but if you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance. You need to resist divest join a group or run for office you've been listening to native roots radio presents i'm awake i want to give a shout out to everyone that's listening see you tomorrow